Hey, this is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Diddleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. Mind Over Magic, episode 69. This is Matt Franco, and this is an exciting week because we're hosting Mr. Eric Diddleman in Las Vegas, our second ever live in-person podcast. That is correct. I am still in Las Vegas as we record this. I am uh, flying out tonight back home to New York City and hitting the road right after that. But uh, now that I've been here in Vegas for a week, we have things to talk about. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a crazy week for us both. Mostly uh, leisure for you, obviously, a little vacation for you yeah. and, and work-wise for me. Yeah, you were jam-packed with things, you know, because I like to, you know, pick the right time <laughs> to come visit. <laughs> Life is always crazy. It's all good, man. Anytime's a good time to hang. And it was good. It, it, you know, while you were off doing the things that you needed to do, you had a corporate thing, you know, I was able to, you know, explore. Turns out I, I know a lot of people here. So a, a lot of people were pulling me in different directions as I was going. And I think I was managed to see mostly everyone um, yeah. that I could. Uh, but uh, uh, I also was able to see a lot of shows, including your yours. Yeah, you saw how many shows? Seven different shows? I saw seven shows. Okay. Yes. Now, out of all of them, though, mm-hmm. only one you chose to see three times. Two and a half. <laughs> Two and a half times. Only one. That was yours, yes. Now, to clarify, it wasn't the first half. It was the second half. <laughs> That's correct. So it wasn't like halfway through, you're like, I'm going to walk out. What what the nice part is, is like, because I was kind of, you know, you were nice enough to put me up in your home, but I didn't want you... To be here the whole time and you know while you especially had other stuff going on so um was staying at the link mm-hmm. and just having access to like just walk backstage or into your theater was very fun for me i'm glad you enjoyed it <laughs> and then to, my house is your house both houses the exa- link one exactly and this one <laughs> so you know after a night of gallivanting around town i was like oh matt's still doing his show i can just pop in and catch the second half and there you go yeah 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 well, the the first one, you were a little um, sad that uh, oh, I was so sad. You were yeah, so not sad. <laughs> because I saw a show. It was still a great show. The audience enjoyed it, but uh, no, 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 they didn't enjoy it. It was a standing ovation. Just yeah, to clarify. of course, of I course. Mean, come on, yeah. But, but I thought it was terrible. It's it's one of those performer things, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you're harder on yourself because you always want to put the you know your one hundred percent every single time and give the audience the best that they they can get. Yeah. yeah. But the audience doesn't know the difference between the small little increments that a performer is aware of yeah, that yeah. might go wrong. So you were excited about me seeing the the new casino bit in your show. Yes. And, um, you know, as with any live performances, things cannot go exactly as planned. But what was fun for me as an audience member is seeing your friends in situations to try and get out of them. And the, the fact that you're able to improvise in this segment and get out of those little troublesome moments was still amazing and enjoyable for me. So I was like, stop being hard on yourself. This is why I like seeing my friend's shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is for those moments, yeah, of, yeah. those live moments. So. Well, I'm glad last night you got to see it as it was intended. But the very first night, mm-hmm. it was uh, it was more improvised than expected. <laughs> right. Which right. actually made for some really great moments, but they weren't what I planned. Yes. So I wanted you to see, like, you know. How it's supposed to go. What versus... it was supposed to look like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is silly of me, because <laughs> that's only what it's supposed to look like this week. Exactly. Next week, it's probably supposed to look like something else. Yeah, and even some of the other performers that I saw this week, I've mentioned, like, it's so cool that you have this moment. Like, when you were telling me about it on the podcast as you were working, I was like, mm. this sounds like a great idea. But actually seeing you live and having a moment in your stage show 
we were just like, this can change from week to week. I can improvise throughout it. Like, it's just you being comfortable with a deck of cards where you feel most at home. Mm. And you're like, maybe I'm going to do this. Maybe I'm going to do that. And having that built in, and you tell the audience that too. So they're, you know, it's like, I'm not even sure what I'm going to do is your line mm-hmm. before that starts. Mm-hmm. So the audience is aware that this is improvised and yes. it's not necessarily the same from night to night. Right. And I think that's the match coming from an improv background myself. That's like some of the magic of it is because people know right, right, <laughs> it's right, not right. going to be the same from night to night yeah. as well. So, And it is true. You know, mm-hmm. even even improvisation, there's always a um, like a form or yeah. a, a structure that you're trying to stick to, yeah, right? Yeah, kind of a way to organize it in a way that's comprehensible. So it's just not anything goes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, improvise doesn't mean you're making up tricks on the spot mm-hmm. in most mm-hmm. cases. Right, right, right. Um, <laughs> But it means you're improvising what you're doing and when and, and mm-hmm. what direction each kind of bit goes. But mm-hmm. in this particular segment, the opener has changed right. multiple times mm-hmm. since we've opened the show. And the closing has yeah. changed. So you've seen the second sort of main iteration of it. And uh, the first one will come back, too, because the other ending I like, too. And I can't wait to see what the third ending is. Yeah. And again, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things you have the freedom to just change things up. From night to night, week to week. Right. Really and cool. I needed that because with a full production show, it's hard to make right. major changes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, it, it, it's not hard to do. It's just uh, time consuming. And uh, there's a lot of rigmarole to go right. through with programming the lights. And it takes hours and hours of kind of doing everything. But if you kind of set up this little workshop within a segment, you can you yeah. can do things quickly. It's your sandbox to play in. Sandbox. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> So well, anyway, thank you for sitting yeah. through the show two and a half times. And I'm glad it was the second half and you didn't walk out halfway through. <laughs> no, it's really enjoyable. and It's funny, too, just to like know the beats. Whenever you see a show more than once, it's like you now know uh, you can view it through different lenses almost. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because the first time you're just trying to enjoy it and like you let the surprises come to you obviously i've seen your show prior to this too but all the new stuff was new to me so i was just enjoying it for the first time not knowing where things were gonna go yeah you already know the full running order (laughs) memorized as you've proved to me in the dressing room (laughs) (laughs) while you're getting ready for the show i'm just listed the show orders right just right through the set list and then it's this next right i'm gonna fill in i was hoping like just in case something happens you need to take a night off i could just (laughs) jump in and do show no one will know the difference right yeah and as promised you now get to trash the show uh on the podcast oh, no. yeah, so let's not, get the full trash right now there's not much to trash i mean I'm just I, kidding. <laughs> but uh i mean i've uh, I, off the podcast obviously we don't just talk for the podcast only <laughs> but uh after the show you know there was a couple things that you know you made major changes like the 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 opening video you know mm-hmm. you had that little moment of magic i kind of missed that initial thing but i get you appearing and just kind of walking out and starting the show more with your personality um is uh yeah i I, it works it works for you for sure and it's just kind of um very engaging to get the audience on your side getting to know you right away and then just going right into the the show uh the i get to see some of the new you know because you changed the show for the covid purposes too that new you're, uh, you're doing the opening uh, three-card money Yeah, piece. that was getting better each time still. Yeah, it's, it's one fun. of those things. Like Last night, it actually worked like really, really... It was like, all right, that's what it's supposed to really feel like right there. Now, there was something interesting in one of the shows. Um, the y- You have people mm. who... They're in Vegas. Yeah. 
<laughs> They've been out on yeah, the yeah. town, yeah. getting a little rowdy. Yeah. Um, especially for the three card money, where it's you're inviting one person to guess where the money card is, the queen of spades, right? Yeah. Yep. Other people like to chime in and just play along, right? Well, were you there for this, or I told you about it? Uh, well, I saw the guy. This I was the half. T- this I, yeah, was the half show. This right? was the so half show. You didn't show. see it. Okay. I didn't it. see what actually happened, but I yeah, did yeah. see that I could point that guy out. I knew which guy it was immediately. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and for the second half of the show, because he was still boisterous. Right. Right. But you were able to tone him down a bit. So, like, what yeah, was the strategy on how to deal with the the people who aren't, you know, who are a little too overzealous and want to be part of the show when they're not necessarily. It's their time to be part of the show. Everyone has their own approach. Mine is not controversial. Uh, but at the same time, I do like to, like, if someone wants the spotlight on them, um, I usually give it to them and I see what it is they're trying to say. Yeah. And then whatever I say back usually, um, you know, gets a reaction from the audience and whatever they say generally doesn't, right? Right, exactly. So, <laughs> and, and that's not because I'm so great. It's because all of the cards are stacked in the performer's favor, assuming mm-hmm. that uh, people are there to see you and, and your persona is likable on stage, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and assuming this person might be, whether they're really trying to be or not, kind of being a jerk, right? Right, right, right. So the audience kind of immediately picks a side. It's already mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. predetermined. So mm-hmm. it's not the most difficult thing in the world to do, but you feel good when you kind of get it down. Oftentimes there's a reason you're on the stage and, they're not like you have a theater named after you. So let <laughs> let the guy who everyone paid a ticket to see, yeah, <laughs> take control of the show. They well, probably have a good idea of what it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I always feel like that's what makes the show great is mm-hmm. people interacting, um, whether they're planned, you know, whether they're in- interactions I anticipate or not. So right, in I'd say ninety percent of the cases. Whether or not someone's trying to be a jerk, like if you're yelling things out at inopportune times, I would say about 90% of the time, like those add to the show and make it great. Sure. And well, that's the live theater element of it, right? Yeah. yeah. And then there's the other 10% of the time where someone's like really unlikable. Mm. And like I almost want the quote unquote heckler, which is actually a harsh word to use. Right. Um, I want the heckler to be likable. Right. To a point. Right. right. So like you can let them down easy in a way and everyone's still happy because if it gets too annoying and they're like really disrupting the show obviously they're the whole audience is going to turn off and that's one of the things we've talked in the past is mm. you know when i've done shows and dealt with hecklers you wait for that moment where the audience turns on that person mm-hmm. and are on, completely on your side because then anything you do to shut it down they're happy you did that yeah, we saw a friend of ours yesterday, Matt Donnelly, of yeah. the Ice Cream Social Podcast, yeah, which we did, which was one of the most fun days we've ever had, right? Yeah, yeah. You could check out our episode when we were on their podcast. So much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, and he was telling a story. I think it was Lisa Lampanelli. Oh, yeah, I think so. Not 100% sure, mm-hmm. but I think it was Lisa Lampanelli that told him a story about how like her least favorite type of heckler are the ones that yell i love you it's the hardest one yeah you have right to deal because with. like yeah. they're being very nice in a way like mm-hmm. the, the words are very kind but also like you can't move on with your bit if someone just keeps yelling i love you right and there's not much you can say other than like oh thanks. love you too yeah. or thanks or something yeah, yeah. right <laughs> and uh yeah I joke that I get the I love you infrequently enough that I still just enjoy it and I bask yeah. in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you can't shut that heckler down because then it looks like you're not being appreciative of someone who's generally a fan of you. And if you go too hard on them, yeah, 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 they might never say those words about you ever again. Yeah, <laughs> right. 
You know, it's funny, like, because we can sit here and have a conversation about this because it is something that really, mm-hmm. it's like a phenomenon to people. Like, people always ask, like, how do you handle? Yeah. Because in theory, you know, there are hundreds of people in a room, maybe thousands of people in a room, whatever it is, and then, like, one of you. So it right. feels like, but you're so outnumbered. Like, mm-hmm. what? how do mm-hmm. you handle that? But, like, at the same time, for, for those of us that do this, I don't think it's something that really we ever think about or are afraid of. Am I wrong on that? Well, you already got benefits that you are miked and they're not. Yeah. So even if they keep You're going, lit. you can speak over them and they're going to hear you rather than right. the other person. You're um, miked and lit but and the other cards I mentioned that are already stacked. A strategy you were talking when we were talking to Donnelly about this, mm. and even I saw you get to do that when I saw the show last night, was um, someone shouted out. And you just go, what? And you let them, like, normally you you generally want to hear because it's you want to react. It's right? actually genuine. Yeah. Because I usually can't tell what you're saying. <laughs> right. Right? So so you were trying to get them to repeat so you could respond and go on with the show. Yeah. But oftentimes it does what you're trying to do anyway, which is when you call it out, they don't respond again. Because they're afraid and all they, of a sudden. Yeah. They know to be quiet. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but, like... I'm not trying to actually mm-hmm. shut them up in that moment. Like right. in that moment, I genuinely want to know, like, yeah. what? What did you? Yeah, I don't even understand what that. Well, usually, yeah. it just sounds like a, a like a muted noise, right? You know, yeah. that's what I hear. I'm gonna take that sound clip from. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna bring a speaker to your show. <laughs> and I'm gonna play that. I won't even know it's me. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that great, though? I mean, yeah. you, you, do, you never yeah. worry about that sort of thing, or do you? No. Well, it do, also, again, we're talking about this as if it happens all the time. It doesn't happen all the time, but no. I think maybe a little bit frequently in Vegas, depending on how yeah. drunk the audience gets. It's not weekend, something but. I think of. Honestly, mm-hmm. like after I finish um, kind of a signature thing, the ramen in the show, mm-hmm. there's a moment where I kind of like talk about where I'm from. Occasionally, I'll... Yeah. I'll uh, ask people where they're from. Occasionally, if there are people that are going to be sat late mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, for whatever reason, that's often a time where they're coming in, and I can kind of fuss with those people a little bit. Yeah. Um, because like they'll wait till the end of the segment before they open doors to let those those latecomers in. Um, so I almost like am anxious. Like it's almost like a little sandbox where I'm waiting to see. Okay. Right. Who's doing what in this audience tonight? And it's always mm-hmm, a little bit mm-hmm. of like if no one does anything, I'm like okay. Yeah, we're just gonna yeah. move on to the next bit. Great, it's gonna be this kind of audience tonight. It's you're you're using it as like a, a measuring stick, you know, to test the waters of. Yeah, this is, that was a very bad analogy. Well, no, no, I get what you mean, <laughs> but it's less scientific than yeah. that. It's more or less of like me just kind of like, yeah, I am gauging mm-hmm. like where we're going tonight. But at the same time, it's like when there is no yell out of anything, I'm like, oh, okay, we're a little quieter. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. It's like, all right, I, maybe I'll have to work a little harder. Yeah, I do the same with my opening joke in my show, you know, and I can test that out and see how the audience is reacting just from that. And if it gets nothing, because I know it plays, mm-hmm. but if it's an audience that just didn't get it or for whatever reason, it's like, oh, I'm going to have to work a little bit they harder. they got to loosen up first. Yeah, to loosen them up to get them on my side. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. you have those little, um, you know, checkpoints throughout the show, I think, mm-hmm. just to see where they're at. Mm-hmm, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, other things that just stood out. I mean, obviously, you talked about the whole production design, which looks great. And the you got the little projections on the side of the stage. Which You're a big fan of the chains. The chains. Well, that was the <laughs> first one I noticed because <laughs> I'm so focused at the front of the show. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm not looking to the sides of the uh, of the stage. And then, right, right. Then when you were like, make sure you watch. And then I got to see all the other projections, which are nice. They add a lot. It's, it's immersive. Yeah, it's immersive. It kind of brings you into the whole environment. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. 
as well. Um, and then just, yeah, again, your audience interactions and like doing call outs to get them on your side. And it's I, watching. I always like to stay. This is a tip uh, is uh, after the show. I think that even that first night is like, I'll, I'll meet you back. We'll we'll de um, we'll uh, we'll de debrief your show in a bit. But I want to sit amongst the audience and hear what other people are saying, just like lay audience mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and to hear all the great comments and, you know, people who want to work some stuff out, but then other people are like, no, just enjoy the mystery, mm -hmm, <laughs> and, you know, mm -hmm. and just hearing what things were engaging to them um, and hearing those comments. So like almost being a secret spy for you to get mm -hmm. those audience. Yeah. I wish back. I could be a fly on the wall in I those know. cases. I do. You, you, you need to like get a incognito disguise and go into the audience. Or you can just stand there. <laughs> <laughs> Seem to work fine. Yeah, it, it works fine. Yeah, but it, I mean, everyone's very complimentary and talking about how fun. And that's the thing is like watching the rest of the audience enjoy an act. You know, your show that I've seen um, and know where those moments are. And especially the first night I saw it, the guy next to me just with the biggest grin on his face and like real. You really got you know you Man, really connect with the audience. I saw tears in the front row last night. Oh wow! Last night I was happy moved. tears. Let's. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I think they were happy tears, but it, mm -hmm. they were emotional tears, really. It was in the middle part of the show where I share a story. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like, you know, you could call it happy tears, but emotional mm -hmm. tears, I think is what mm -hmm. it was. Definitely, you know, was moving clearly. And I was like, wow, now this is why we do this. Yeah. I was just trying to clarify not sad tears because they were not enjoying the show. No, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't <laughs> like I'm crying because <laughs> yeah. I out of boredom or anything. Let's, let's I guess we should kind of clarify that if you haven't figured it out already. <laughs> No, it is a touching um, part of the show. Uh, I mean, if you haven't seen Matt's show, get out to Vegas. Go see it. But um, And I think if anyone followed you throughout your AGT um, run, they know uh, this, the story. But it's a story you tell about your grandmother. Yep, yep. And it, it always brings you know chills. I mean, if that, that's what it's intended to do and bring out a different flavor of your show, mm -hmm. kind of bringing th everything inward and... It's one of my favorite parts of the yeah, show. Yeah, you actually had yeah. mentioned that. Yeah, I, yeah. Always, I always mention that part of the show and, yeah. and, and, and check it out. It's great. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like that there's dot different levels and, uh, and and it's just a fun time. So You know what? You know what? Uh, the one bad thing about everything going great yeah. is when it does come time to change it. Like, yeah. let's say you really enjoyed Casino, for mm -hmm. example. That's what we call mm -hmm. a segment. And like, but at some point, even though everything's working. Yeah. The, the you do you do change it you got to freshen up the show yeah, yeah. right yeah. but that's okay because things can always come back exactly right you go exactly. oh i used to love that opening it yeah. still exists it's still backstage right it's so like true. it's kind of the same thing you, you eventually the more you take things out and put things in you don't take them out because they're bad although if they are you should <laughs> yeah <laughs> but sometimes you change things up for the sake of changing right. things up too right. which is but it's hard to do if it ain't broken to fix it right it's yeah. hard to do it is hard you know it but is hard it's part of Part of uh, life, I guess, right? Right, right. So, and we added the intro videos too, little mm -hmm. Instagram videos. Oh, sure. Yeah. I don't know if any of our our listeners here follow me on Instagram, but I also shared a, a podcast that we did uh, that I did on Vanishing Inc. Oh, cool. Vanishing Inc. is called the Insider Podcast, and you can listen to a fun interview there. And Vanishing Inc. is like the biggest online magic retailer. Yeah. Yeah. And I mentioned Mind Over Magic. Yeah. So if you're a supporter of Mind Over Magic, you'll enjoy yeah. that as well. And uh, maybe you're listening to this because you heard Matt mention it on Insider. So welcome to our podcast. Full circle. <laughs> so you're magicked out because you didn't just see Magic Reinvented Nightly three times, two and a half. Yeah. But you also saw lots of other things, including non-magic shows. You, you've been bouncing around. I've 
Mostly saw magic shows. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a lot of magic. I very yeah, yeah. magicked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the second night, I went and saw Limitless at the Mirage. Shin Lim featuring special guest Colin Cloud, as the uh, posters all say now. Uh, and uh, it's a fun show, too. It's Which a, I haven't seen. And I haven't, haven't gotten seen. to see Colin work live, because the one time mm-hmm. I saw The Illusionists, right. you replaced him. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> you had your chance, yeah. but I was Colin that night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, and I'm very close with Colin. You know, I was out in uh, Edinburgh for his wedding and New Year's right before the pandemic. I haven't seen him since, so that was the last time. So it was really cool to, uh, like, I like finally getting to do this in person with you, mm-hmm. and then finally getting to hang with Colin. Uh, and he was very gracious, got me into the show. It was very fun to to see that. And of course, you haven't seen it because you're all working the same days. Very true. You know, it's We're really hard work to every see. night, baby. My one night off, I fly to L.A. tonight. Yeah. So. Um, it was really, really fun. It's a very different show. I mean, y- people obviously know Shin from winning AGT as well. And, um, Fism. You know, his, his style and Fism and Fool Us, right? All these television appearances, but his style is just very different. Very amazing sleight of hand. Um, he, he changed the show slightly. I'm not going to give things away. I'm not going to just be a spoiler on this podcast mm. for everyone. So I do encourage you to come out and check out these shows. But he changed up the show from what I've seen. I've seen it evolve, you know, when it was touring and came to New York. Um, but it's more about his life now mm. and kind of a little bit retrospective about his career and how he got to where he is. Mm. Uh, and then Co- Colin is brought in almost as a narrator of the story a bit. And sure. then he comes in and does, uh, he opens the show He's got his um, long bulk section, the um, uh, his deduction routine, which he was doing throughout the whole Illusionist of Tour, which is like his bread and butter routine. It's right. uh, it's really amazing, and he's reading thoughts from everyone. Which audience. I haven't seen, but it's a great mentalism routine. Is yeah, what it is. It's, it's, all, this, it's a really to clarify amazing. what Colin does is mentalism. Yeah, hence mind over magic. So this is right on brand. Exactly, exactly. And then uh, and then he has comes back from one other piece, and it's very adorable. He brings a kid up on. St- on the stage and it's kind of like a kid say the darndest things. And then there's like a, a prediction and a, 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 a fridge door. And that's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah. No spoilers, yeah, no spoilers, yeah. but there is a fridge, but it was great to see that balance and that blend. And uh, you know, Colin is so quick with his comedy as well. And just seeing uh, that room and everyone responding to it. And then, you know, Shin obviously just so amazing. Like, there's so much happening in each of his routines. It's even hard to pinpoint. It's just like things are so fast. Things are appearing and vanishing. And mm-hmm. it's, it's eye candy. It's eye, It's so much eye candy. Mm-hmm. It's really, mm-hmm. really crazy to watch. So definitely those are the first two. I was like, I got to go see my two friends, yep. see yours, see Colin and Shin. Um, so that was really fun. And then I'm trying to even remember. There's just been so many shows. I think you saw Matt Donnelly. That's right. That's right. So the next day I did a double header. Um, so, uh, a new show that just kind of opened, it's, uh, it's like at a comedy club. It was downtown Vegas. So if you don't know, uh, you know, there's the strip and then there's like the whole Fremont street, which is downtown, which is like its own whole nother animal. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a hotel, the grand hotel, which has a comedy club, the delirious comedy club or something, but they're like, we need a, a magic show here. So they're just booking it like you would any other weekend headliner, like a comedy club, but they're doing a specific magic show. And it just happened to work out that Matt Donnelly, the mind noodler, was doing his show. uh, And I caught that as well. Now, 
there's a we should mention a lot of shows were worried about audience attendance because of the EDC that's going on. Yeah, it didn't seem to have an effect this year, but it it is uh, normally a crazy thing. Like a lot of shows right. normally close during that time. Now I had to learn what EDC is. <laughs> I had never heard these words, letters right. in this order. The what does it even stand for? I don't know. Electric Daisy Carnival. Sure. Yeah. But it's like a big like EDM festival. Yeah. 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 Where okay. they basically like bus people from the strip right. to the event at like five o'clock every day. And then they come back at seven in the morning. So, you know, no one's generally present on the strip like at all right. during right. that week. However, this year there were like other conventions happening. I think EDC wasn't mm-hmm. as uh, mm-hmm. large because it was during a month where people are like in right. college and things like that. So yeah. it was a little different than normal. But yeah, it was going on. But anyway, continue on with what you saw. Right. And you could definitely tell who's here for the festival because there's like a lot of neon fishnets and the wings. And yeah. People not wearing a lot of clothing. Yes. <laughs> onesies. I, <laughs> I got into a, a when I was over at the link, just in the elevator and just like, Three people wearing narwhal onesies come in. I go, you must be going to EDC, aren't you? Right, right. <laughs> and uh, when they were finally sober enough to answer, they <laughs> were like, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so, uh, you know, some of the performers, your show and a, a couple other shows, clearly not affected by that. But I think there was some shows that I saw this week that it were. Sure. Um, and I got to see um, Matt Donnelly, who did put on an amazing show. But it was a very light crowd, we'll say. Right, and right. he was aware, and I, we were talking about it after. Like, it was like you're used to, you're, you're like you did improv. You're <laughs> you don't know what it was like in New York to right. do shows for a small handful of people. Sure, and you still give it your all, but you also call out the elephant in the room, which. Mm-hmm. It was so hysterical how intimate he made it seem Mm -hmm. and like make it a special show and just be like, well, if there was more people here, we would have done this one. But let's like kind of improvise. Yeah. yeah, He's so comfortable in that. And this was my first time actually seeing him work live. Right. So to get that (laughs) that element, that's just like I I think there's something too. so Matt Donnelly's been only been doing magic for four years. I knew him as an improviser, you know, in in New York and a legendary team he was a part of. Uh, But he uh, just anyone who comes from the performing world first and then gets into magic. I feel like they already have a leg up because they have the harder part, Mm -hmm. which is like performing and connecting with an audience Mm -hmm. and getting away from the, 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 the technical aspect and making it engaging. And he does that to a T like Mm -hmm, it was mm -hmm. just so fun and he made it fun for everyone. And like, you know, we're going to use you multiple times. Come on up. Right, right, right. And it's a new show. They're still getting the word out and everything. And I'm sure he'll be booked back there eventually, but it was great to see him. Awesome. Um, Yeah. And it's they just book different people. Yeah, just yeah, uh, yeah. just it's a not different like a magician. Thing yeah, he, yeah. So it's not like he's got a residency or anything. Didn't they book you almost? No. Right? Um, weren't you walking by and they're like, can you do 15 minutes? <laughs> I'm Don- pretty sure that happened. I think Donnelly told me, he's like, do you want to do 15 minutes? <laughs> like, I'm on vacation. <laughs> Although, is there a Lowe's nearby? I'll buy some duct tape. <laughs> I think he wanted to do 15 less, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was so good to actually. And it, see you know, him. it was so great seeing him yesterday mm-hmm. too. Yeah, we got to hang out a little bit and catch up, and uh, and he's gonna be touring around, so go check out his show too. Uh, and then I uh, rushed over to the Rio. Oh, here we go. And I saw Penn and Teller. Yeah, and to clarify, Matt Donnelly, who we've referenced a few times, mm-hmm. now, was also a co-host on Penn Gillette's podcast. Right. Um. So it's there's so that. funny being here in Vegas and just seeing how. 
incestuous isn't the right word, but it might be small community. It's a small community where everyone knows everyone. And yeah. You know, even people that work on your show that move, you know, uh, you, uh, people work on everyone's shows, right? Bounce around. It's almost musical chairs in a way. Yes. You know, in the performer world. And even some of the shows I saw, they like reference other shows. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's like you should go and see all of them so you know what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> <You> right. <know? laughs> um, so Penn and Teller, I mean, they've been doing this for so long and are so good. I haven't seen the post COVID iteration, right. you know? Yes. Um, but yeah, I'd like to at some point. They um the, I I was impressed because speaking of taking things out of a show I mean they can always come back in they're they do that to you know they're the example of that and they have warehouses full of things that were in their show that they haven't touched in 10, 20 years yes and they can just put it back in and work it in the show mm -hmm. so um when I saw them there was only three pieces I had seen before. Oh, wow. Three that you had seen. Only three. Wow. Even including television or just three you hadn't seen live? Three I had seen before. Uh, one one is kind of an adapted thing that I saw on Fool Us that they, from another performer, and they actually like hired him as a I consultant. remember hearing about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in terms of other stuff, everything else was brand new. I'd never seen it. Even on TV you hadn't Even seen on it. TV. So this is like the stuff they're working on for the next season pretty right, much. Right right, 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 right. Because of Fool Us, they are we're all constantly trying to pump, churn out new yeah. material. And, right, right. Um, but yeah, it was, there's, there's a piece in there I was just in stitches about. Oh yeah? In tears. And I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, yeah, don't tell me. Don't tell me. But I'll just me. call you, it's called whack -a teller Oh. So you got to check that out. Awesome. <laughs> And, uh, the, you know, it was a fun crowd. It was very odd. Um, this was something I noticed. Um, and it happened a little bit at one of the shows that I saw. Where, again, some of these rowdier uh, mm. audience members because they're in Vegas. Uh, but I think it's also because the Eagles were in town playing the Raiders at the new Raiders stadium that's right on the strip. Yeah. I mean, I've had audience members that, like, appear to be, like, maybe leftover, like, football fans. Yeah. But honestly, I've seen them in my audience too drunk where they're too drunk even for a football game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but go on. So before the show, as we're all, the audience is just kind of chilling, listening to the jazz music that happens before. Oh, yeah, pre-show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's an Eagles chant that breaks out. That is awesome. And then like the Raiders fans were like, you know, doing their own. And I was like... This is the most inappropriate show. It all started like <laughs> organically. Yeah. That is so ridiculous. Just like, you know, they're shouting out, you know, E-A-G-L-E, -E, you know, what? all this stuff. Oh, my Lord. And I was like, you're at a magic show. Wow. And it's kind of funny because they then in the show do a bit where they just say, Teller and I are not sports fans at all. Oh, is that actually in the, a <laughs> bit? A, that's a, awesome. <laughs> and they performed it that night? Yeah. Oh, that's great. And at that moment, everyone just like, Shut down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or a rowdy group of 20 yeah. got really upset. Yeah. I mean, they're still going strong after all these years. Oh, my God. Just, just, yeah, it's just, uh, it's inspiring, really. Yeah. Like I say about Donny Osmond, I mean, yeah, you, you got to see Donny. Yeah, well, next time I come to Vegas. How many times I have I told you? you the, the whole weekend you had catchphrases. How many times <laughs> did I say Donny Osmond? You said Donny Osmond a lot. You said anything is possible a lot. Because... Anything is possible. <laughs> I would ask Matt, I would ask you, what what are we going to do today? We could do this, we could do this. Could, anything is possible. <laughs> but it's true. You got to embrace that. I, I like that it's an inspiring message, but I also think it's just you don't want to commit to something. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, it's like... Uh, 
All yeah. options are still available. Yeah. I'm very decisive, Matt. I sometimes <laughs> need a game plan. <laughs> it's like, Matt, you have to wake up early in the morning tomorrow. Do you want to come see a Cirque show at 930? Anything is possible. <laughs> right? That usually just means no. <laughs> <laughs> I found that out. <laughs> Anything is possible. But I was dying when you then started saying it in your show. <laughs> Always. Anything is possible. It is. It fits. It fits for <laughs> magic. Just for you. Yeah. And then uh and then I spent a day at the Stratosphere. That was uh that was I saw Banachek and oh, I right. saw Xavier. Right, for right. Bullshit at the Strat. Right. I would spend I, so many shows. I was actually like thinking, why did he go to the Stratosphere? Now yeah. I remember. Actually they don't really the call strat. It, they don't call it the Stratosphere. It's rebranded. Yeah. I see it is that. the Strat now, yeah. Now it's a little north of the strip. It's a little hard to get out there. Mm. And um, it's a beautiful showroom. It's a really cool space. Banachek show is re- real new. You know who's well. going to be performing in that showroom? No. Sammy Hagar. Whoa. You know who Sammy Hagar is? I do. Van Halen. Yes. Boom. He's going to be doing a residency in that same room. Oh, that's crazy. Isn't that fun? That is fun. Yeah. He's got like a restaurant here called Cabo Wabo. Oh. And it's in various places. Anyway, Sammy Hagar, I got to go see that when it happens. <laughs> same room, though. That's great. Mm-hmm. I was glad I stayed up there, and I was just like, I'll knock out both of these magic shows while I'm there. But mm-hmm. I specifically went to see Banachek. Who you just called a magic show. <coughs> uh, <he's> <laughs> in the realm of magic. Ah. <laughs> uh, he um, He's one of the reasons I got into mentalism. Right. You know? So I got to see, you know, very much a mentor to, to me. So it was great to see him finally get his own show in Vegas and have a residency. Uh, again, the audience... It was a little lighter than I uh, probably he wanted, but still, uh, you know, a good crowd that came. And I think the more the word spreads and people get up to the strat and see it, I definitely recommend that. And I think the show's really going to soar from there. And it was really great to see him. Um, and uh, and yeah, just see he's added a lot of the skeptic part. So I think he would be, you know, willing to admit that this is magic related as well because he's very uh, uh, big into disclaimers and trying to tell people this is not psychic, mm-hmm. it's not superpowers. Well, he used to run the James Randi contest. And what I loved is uh, it's in the show. Right. He has clips of him uh, debunking uh, Peter Popoff. Oh, great! Know, yeah, and you know who you know was relying on the power of religion to know things about people. So, uh, and then James Randi clips out. Yeah. Right, showing that they that the kind of the methods that they were using to con people. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about his legendary Alpha Project, where they fooled scientists to thinking that they had psychic abilities, and then came clean mm-hmm. after that. And uh, and then he talks about the Million Dollar Challenge they worked with the James Randi Educational Foundation. So I love those. I mean, the graphics and the lights. It looks all looks amazing. Mm-hmm. And to put it in that context, and then to say. Hey, this isn't real, but I'm gonna make you think it's real for this moment while we're doing that. And mm-hmm. to have that juxtaposition is really nice. And I, I really like his style, and uh, I think it's, he puts on a great show. I just I want that word to get out. So again, yeah, add it to the list when you come to Vegas. You're yeah. gonna have a legendary mentalist. I've got you know one of his books on my shelf here. Mm-hmm. And he references you know he t- he's worked with you know Penn and Teller. He, he's famously came up with their the method for their bullet catch. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, smart guy. In with, other words, I think Chris that's what Angel. we're saying. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> really, really amazing stuff. So uh, see him, and then I stayed for the. Um, so his was an afternoon show at four, and then just stayed for the six o'clock. Xavier Mortimer, and you really wanted me to see this show. 
Yeah, why not? Yeah, since I was there, and uh, he's very creative. Uh, I guess did he start in Cirque and then he kind of yeah I think so broke out and did his own little. What I really wanted you to see was Donnie, just to clarify, (laughs) Donnie Osmond. (laughs) If you're gonna say I really wanted you, I didn't really care about you seeing anything. Yeah, Donnie Osmond, Mm -hmm. I really was pushing, which didn't make the cut. No, no, next time I might be back in a couple months. We'll see if you make it. Mm-hmm. That's You'll that's see. what you gotta see. see. Okay, good, good, good. Hell of an entertainment. Well, there's even more magic shows I gotta see too, so I'm just gonna have to. That's true. Cram everything in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the the interesting thing about Xavier, my quick little review on this is uh, he it's more than just a magic show because he's combining a lot of Cirque esque clowning into the show as well. Like there's even like Cirque is famous for their little pre shows where the clouds are interacting sure. with the audience, and he's got a clown doing that pretty much interacting with the audience and. Just some, it, it was probably the most illusions I saw mm-hmm. since in because you're very slight of hand, mm-hmm. Shin's very slight of hand. Penn Teller have a few big illusion pieces, mm-hmm. but it's mostly, you know, kind of their forehand manipulation stuff and mm-hmm. presentation. But he has some big illusions in mm-hmm. his show, a lot of levitating and, uh, you know, his jump rope's pretty great. And so check it out. He's got some juggling in his show too. He's just a little, little jack of all trades. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So that was it for magic for me. And then I was like, I got to see one more show. So tell us, what was, the, what was that last one? So then I went and saw um, Mystere, a Cirque show. I figured since we were kind of transitioning into circus anyway, might as well get some more circus in. And I, every time I see a Cirque show, Matt, I leave with more questions than when I en- entered. <laughs> There's a lot going on. But I went to support. I had a friend in the show who's one of the clowns there, and it's fun to see him work. Uh, but and and Mystere was the first ever Cirque show to come to the Strip. I think I'm pretty sure. And they have a lot of you know kept a lot of the circus elements into the show. So seeing the uh, the hand balancers do their amazing uh, you know poses and the the trapeze type stuff. And uh, there's a really cool bit where there's like poles and people are kind of climbing up the poles and doing kind of acrobatics off of that i think that that and the hand balancing was my favorite part Mm -hmm. but there's just so many trippy elements it's like man we gotta be on drugs for this or something to (laughs) understand what's happening right right there's a giant snail at the end speaking of we didn't even talk about meow wolf i know i was getting to that next look at all those transitions (laughs) i mean this is like this should be a five-part episode right here i'm just saying man i lived life for the cast (laughs) you really did and there are just so many things to do in vegas and i mean Mm -hmm. you had a pretty good time at all of these things absolutely you know what i mean yeah so like you kind of can't go wrong but i could see why it's hard for people they come to vegas most people maybe they see one show yeah do one activity right like a meow wolf or you know and we'll get to that after our trivia and riddles talk about that but like you know i could see how it's really overwhelming you feel like you came to vegas uh people feel Mm -hmm. like they come to vegas and it's like wow i feel like i didn't see anything but it gives them a great reason to come back exactly it's hard to do it all not most people don't possible cram it in like even you didn't do it all (laughs) no it's true but that's to say those were mostly like my late afternoons into evenings but i still had my early afternoon one in mornings i was actually waking up at a normal time because Mm -hmm. of the time difference i just want to say you could have gotten more done than you did 
but I wanted to relax and take it easy too. That was the point of this. And but if you chose not to see me two and a half times, <laughs> you could have seen at least one and a half more shows. It is true. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I realized, you know, because this is West Coast time, of yeah. like waking up at normal hours, I, and which like is great. Because normal Diddleman, it's like 1 p.m. Sometimes, depending. You know, you can't even get in touch with them before that. Just forget it. Well, when I'm flying, it's super early in the morning, but <laughs> I try to nap uh, as well. But I, if I move to Vegas, man, that just means I would get acclimated and be You're back. you coming to Vegas? If I were wow, to. I'm just he's saying, thinking about it. You, you heard know, it here first. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying if I got acclimated to this time schedule, then I would just have to keep going west who talked you into it was it colin who got you to move to vegas <laughs> no i'm not moving to vegas <laughs> uh, but i just keep moving west every time and eventually make my way around the world to correct my sleep schedule was it matt donnelly who, who did how come i couldn't do it <laughs> i can't move here because i just refer to this place as the place i go to see my friends faces on billboards <laughs> so that would lose its uh, then it could just be the place you live to see uh, my friends faces. <laughs> uh we've got more to talk about about my adventures including this meow wolf which was a whole another thing but i say matt let's uh let's get in some riddles all righty bud it's time for diddle me this diddle me this Diddle me that will Eric end up stumping Matt Riddles. So it is. This is technically our Halloween episode. It is. Uh, since this is happening. And I wanted to do more Halloween stuff in Vegas, but I was just so jam packed. But I figured at least we could do something a little spooky here with our riddle. Now, Matt, I don't know if you want to solve this one. Okay. Because this is what some people have called the psychopath riddle. So supposedly, if you get it right, you are a psychopath. I'm intrigued. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, while at her own mother's funeral, a woman meets a guy she doesn't know. She thinks this guy is amazing. Her dream man is pretty sure he could be the love of her life. However, she never asked for his name or number and afterwards could not find anyone who knew who he was. A few days later, the girl kills her own sister. Why did she do it? Well, I'm pleased to say I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> Why did she there, kill her own sister? There's elements in this, too, that just make her seem like a psychopath before. Mm. <laughs> you know, the question of, you know, the ultimate, why did she kill her, kill her, mm. kill her own sister? But one more time for those playing along and for you to kind of decompress it. Uh, while at her own mother's funeral, a woman meets a guy she doesn't know. She thinks the guy is amazing, her dream man, and is pretty sure he could be the love of her life. However, she never asked for his name or number and afterwards cannot find anyone who knew who he was. A few days later, the girl kills her own sister. Why did she do it? Talk it out. I don't know. Now you're just you just don't want to solve it because you don't want to seem like a psychopath. <laughs> no, nah, if I knew it right away, I'd just blame it on too much Dateline with Keith Morrison. Oh right, yeah. But you do like these uh, you know, forensic files and crime shows, so I would, like yeah. put your mind into. Yeah, but the this camera. is a riddle though. I don't. I'm not following here. So there's this guy <laughs> that she likes at the funeral, and then like doesn't know who he is, mm -hmm. and then a few days later she just kills her sis. Yeah, I mean that. There's, I'm not making any connections. No here. connections. Okay. Zero connections this so is far. Good. This is good. We can keep working together. She doesn't know this guy? Because you're not a psychopath. <laughs> I also, by the way, I'm very dubious that a riddle can claim to diagnose psych yeah. psychopath psychopathy, I guess it's called. 
but uh, I don't know. So it's not a real true test, but it is like really dark, specifically for a Halloween. Well, yeah, um, I'm not sure. Riddle. I don't have an answer. Okay, so what what thoughts come to your mind? Could they be related at all? Anything? Like he like I'm I'm just trying to draw connections between yeah. him and the family, and I can't. Right. Yeah. Like, does it explicitly say that she didn't know him before? Yes. Yes. So it's not like a family member. Right. And she kills her sister. Mm-hmm. Does she dress up as a man and show up and No, okay. no. <laughs> but that is also this weird. Ain't no reverse misdoubtfire. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The uh all right, so so this guy it's this is a tough one. So I think in in due to time, I'm just gonna give you this one rather okay. than hint it because I don't want to hint you into becoming a psychopath. Give either. me the buzzer. There you go. That's probably the best buzzer you wanted to get. <laughs> so this guy shows up. She doesn't know, but it's at her mother's funeral. Mm-hmm. So she figures if she kills another family. She'll get to see him again. Perhaps. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> perhaps this that's guy a, knows the family somehow. That's a great riddle. <laughs> but she's the psychopath. Yeah, right. Wow. But if supposedly if you knew that answer. Right. You're, you're thinking, thinking like, like she her. Is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. So I figured it was spooky enough for, you know, our Halloween-ish episode. Right. I love it. So, excellent. Let's jump on to trivia. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Trivia, pressure, trivia time. I made up a trivia because I don't have a trivia book yet. <laughs> yeah. Sticking with the AGT theme. Okay. You got to answer it kind of quickly. Oh, no. I Ready? did poorly on the last one. I got another one for you. Mm-hmm. I want you to name for me. Terry Fader does not count. Mm-hmm. Name for me the first non-singing winner of America's Got Talent. Oh. First non-singing winner of America's Got Talent. I feel like it's you. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Let me let me double check that. That was my first instinct. Oh no. You hit the button. <laughs> um No, I know who it was. It was before you. I believe it was my season, perhaps. Was it the Olate Dogs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had trouble figuring it out. I didn't mm-hmm. realize that like the first six were all singing related. Yeah. And even seven. When I saw it was your season, I was like, oh, this is definitely going to uh-huh. be my question. I thought you might know right away. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, know, you were the season where it was the very first. But yeah, a latte dogs. Yeah. The, the flipping dogs. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that to censor myself. They literally were flipping, the flipping dogs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned Terry Fader because he is a ventriloquist, and as people know, but that singing is such a big part of his act. So yeah. Technically, is a singer, too. Yeah. On the show, he yeah. did a lot of singing. So that was a good one. That was a good one. Glad you like. You're going to have to get this book, though, so we don't just have AGT. Well, I could come up with other ones. I just wanted to keep the same vein as last week because we're in person again. Or um, exactly, it's just what came to me. There's so much AGT on the strip now, too. I mean, oh yeah, no, there's all kinds of. I mean, even the things from uh, like other shows, like uh, where's Jabberwockies from? They, I know they were on some season of AGT. Is that right? I think they were maybe ABDC. What what is that? America's Best Dance Crew. Oh, maybe. You're not familiar with that? Uh, but I've never heard it abbreviated. Ah, like that. yeah, yeah. Is that like an EDC? It's like an AGT. <laughs> yeah, you know me. <laughs> 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 so, I mean, and now Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now we have the, the Derek Huff here. Yeah. Huff? Yeah. 
<laughs> we talked about that. Are you going to check out the AGT live show? I mean, At some I'm point. leaving right before that opens. At some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, again, I work on the same nights. Yeah. But so uh, I'll definitely go see it at some point for sure. Yeah. yeah. And see uh, see my friends work there because a lot of the folks working mm -hmm. on that also worked at the old Matt Franco Theater. Yeah. And continue to right now. <laughs> I, I did want to bring up a question about that in your show, mm. uh, but I want to first let's get to the Meow Wolf because this is this is a unique experience that we did during the day, and I had heard about this, and you wanted to do it too. Oh, Meow Wolf, yeah, Meow Wolf. So mm. we went to um, there's a, a kind of a little bit off the strip um, area, like an art collective called Area 15, mm -hmm. which is like this weird. I described it as like the um, Kind of like those, like um, the underground ma marketplace in like Blade Runner. <laughs> really hard to put into words. It is. There's a lot of glowing things. Immersive. There's, there was a lot of VR like booths too, where you can like basically plug in, like almost like in Total Recall too, where he goes and um, and like just gets his memory wiped right so these are all philip k dick based movies i'm just looking at eric shrugging like ah, i don't know what you're talking. i'll just take your word for it to me it was an immersive environment felt like another dimension maybe but yeah. i don't watch sci-fi so i don't know if that's even accurate right <laughs> so there's um there's uh, the omega mart br brought to you by meow wolf which is like sort of an art collective of its own mm. And how would you describe this? You go in, it's just like a supermarket. Yeah, it's really hard to explain mm -hmm. um, without going into some detail. Like, yeah. it's a fake supermarket that feels like a real supermarket, and you can buy things, but everything is, like, but, they'll have roses, and they're labeled rose beef. Yeah, they're like, they're just, like, everything's slightly off. Yeah. And there is a storyline, too, that, like, you discover there's, like, some sort of sin sinister corporation behind this. But like when you first come in, you're like browsing the products, and they're all like strange things. Like there's a laundry detergent called Plausible Deniability. And yeah, like they're very trippy. The mm -hmm. whole thing's very trippy. And then cereal called um, Simply Spiders, and then you look closely, it's really simply not does not contain spiders. Right. You yeah, know? you like can't <laughs> see the does not contain until you look closer. Yeah. So right. you're like, what? It, where am I? And then like. Oh, you're new employees. You got to come work at the Mart. We're gonna bring you through a training thing, and you right. get a little access card, and kind of do these little modules that kind of tie into the full overarching story. Yeah. So someone comes over, and they're like, "Hi, welcome to your training." And like, mm -hmm. so I thought, "Oh, we have like a tour guide." Yeah. And then she just leaves you. Yeah. And I thought she was gonna be like with us. You're free to explore. Yeah. And exploring is the best part of this place because you you find yourself finding weird hidden passages mm -hmm. and then you're in this whole other area behind the supermarket that's just giant you know a hallway of doors and you're checking out these weird exhibits that are in each door well, we could talk about the freezer because it's like already yes. famous on tiktok but Absolutely. like yeah you're in the supermarket you open the freezer and it's like a walk-in and it you're just down this like narrow, mazy path. And these Coca-Cola bottles are slowly like morphing into long, elongated things. It's like another really trippy. Yeah. Like, the fact that I did Mystere and Meow Wolf the <laughs> same trip <laughs> is crazy. Yeah, and it just brings you into another world. And it seems like this never ending mm -hmm. uh, place of kind of exploration, uh, finding different things. There are like slides that you can go down yeah. instead of taking mm -hmm. stairs. Even mm -hmm. the stairs are weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like just a, a safe haven for someone who wants to take Instagrammable weird photos. Yeah. And as someone who loves like escape rooms and everything like that, which, by the way, I did an escape room while I was here, too. But 
it's a Scooby-Doo theme, but it was fun. We got out. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'll talk about that. It just got scrapped With right the there. Scrappy. <laughs> I did too much. Oh, Scrappy too. That's good. Really, that right? Did it. I do it? Yeah. As I'm saying it, I'm like, I think this is a thing. Pop culture. You get a... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, the... Uh, what was my point of this? Oh, Meow Wolf. So... Yeah. so it, I just love anything that's an immersive theater kind of like experiential thing. And that's what this was. Right. It's not a traditional escape room. There were tasks for you to do, mm. but you don't have to do them. Right. Yeah. You can like play the game or just walk around and check it out, which I didn't know that. So like half we were there for like an hour and realized there's like a game. Yeah. We should probably do the task. Yeah. And we let your uh, your crew member, Dale, do most of it and just be like, Dale, what what happened? And I was shocked because I thought you would be way more into trying to be the one to do it. I wanted to explore. Well, it's a lot of like sitting down at computers, which is like when you have something so visual to look at and explore. The last thing I want to do is sit down at a computer mm. and play with a touchscreen. Right. So I let Dale figure that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was on this phone for a long time. Yeah, you spent 20 minutes on a phone talking to a, a machine or something. I don't know what you were doing. Just listening to voicemails. I was like, where did Dittleman any- go? I think he's on the phone still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I lost you at one point. But not not like a cell phone. Like this was the phone as part of the set design that you can pick up and like dial and talk, hear different messages. Yeah, that probably had nothing to do with, you know, they 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 loosely tie into the story, but they weren't cracking the code. Let's just say that trying to find clues, Matt, to yeah. help us out. Yeah, it was a dead end. There you go. <laughs> but we, I got lost from you at one point, and yeah. it was really hard. It's so massive. Yeah, like, oh yeah, deceptively massive. So it took me a while to even find you. The group again, right? So, uh, check it out. I don't yeah, it was give, really fun. I don't want to give more away, but just yeah, check it out. Mm-hmm. If you followed me on my socials, you saw me post a bunch of those on my uh, Instagram story. But I think they're all gone now. And this is one of those occurrences where I was having such a good time. I didn't even take any photos. Yeah. So like, you won't see any evidence that I yeah. was there, but I was there. Yeah, you were. <laughs> you were. We were in a strobe room, strobe light room that was real trippy. Yeah, everything was trippy. Yeah. Very cool experience though. Would Def- you go again though? Um, I don't, unless they change it up a bit. Yeah, right. I think I want to go to the, the the originals in like Santa Fe. Yeah, that would be cool. So I'll check out because there's a whole different experience. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the thing I wanted to ask you about your show, just to tie it back, since we were hanging out with your crew a lot. Oh yeah. Um, there were a couple like um, uh, what I found interesting is after your show, your little debriefing and meeting with your stage manager and your your brother, who's very involved in your show now, of mm-hmm. course, uh, of just like those little minor tweaks and like getting everyone and kind of just having like these little meetings and like I am a one man operation. So mm-hmm. I wanted you to talk a little bit about like working with the crew, finding the right people. Cause it's very much like it's tough. Cause I don't want to use the word family. Cause that almost has a negative connotation in some ways for hmm. like, if you're working for a family operation, some people are like, we don't, we don't want to be a family because family can, you know, rely and almost take people for granted. Oh gosh, I business. never thought of it that way. Yeah. yeah, but it has a very jovial team effort almost family like. Uh, yeah, I agree. element of your crew and finding the right people. So, how did you cultivate the right people to work on your crew? Uh you have a bunch of people and like how does how just how does that all come together? Well, uh, look, it's 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 an amazing operation, but it's a small operation, which means it's an in-demand operation, right? It's not it's not easy uh, to get a job when there are you know right. very few positions, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we just have a, a process where we uh, a lot of times people we work with come through referrals, 
Right. Um, but there's also an interview process too. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do and we're picky. some people that have, you know, a little bit of magic background for yep. some of the backstage magic stuff that does happen. Yeah. In your show. Sometimes. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes. And, but you also train people. Yes. That don't have a magic background. Absolutely. I mean, I know Ted has been with the show probably the longest of anyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he came from working on the, the TV special. Right. And right. just wasn't involved in magic. And you're like, Let, come come to Vegas, be part of the team. And yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think I think it seems like you rely mostly on personality and who you gel with and get along with first, as well as the technical skills. Like it's, those are the two parts you're looking for. I always want to be around people that want to be there, right? It, yeah. For me, it's a it's a team effort, and it's it's like it's not uh, employer employee; it's a mm-hmm. team, right? Right. And right, right. That's that's just the the you know it's like uh, it's like being part of the orientation team, like I was in in college, which really felt like a family. Mm-hmm. Like you had this bond together, right? That no one else really understands, yeah. Unless you were also like like. It was a bubble. We called it a bubble. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. The orientation bubble. Yeah. And you become really close with these 30 people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in a short amount of time. Right. Because you're all working together towards a common goal. And again, very difficult to become one, right? Yes. And that's the type of thing where there will be like 20 new positions that would open up each year and they'd get 170 applicants. Right. right? So right, like right, right. it's a pretty tough thing to get into. Um yeah, so we're all sort of driven and passionate about the same thing, which is bringing the magic to the people. That's great. Yeah, right? Yeah. So, like, m- m- bringing a great experience to the audience. Literally, when I turned around, I saw tears and laughs and cries in the audience last night. I was like, that's it. That's what we're doing. We're, we're, we want to make people forget about whatever's going on in their day for a little mm-hmm. while, move them mm-hmm. a bit, and give them a memorable experience that they can't get elsewhere. Uh, we have the best team, man. They're so good at what they do. I mean, that's the thing is like even just like backstage, everyone seems so happy to be there. Like you're saying that wants to be there and is like very fun. And I mean, even when you I've seen you post photos of it, it in your pre-show when you have a little Instagram and you're oh, playing yeah. little games or you're hiding together as a team. <laughs> right, and, right. You know, or even uh, I know on two show days, sometimes you get the Mario Kart competition going in the yeah. back and you get it seems like a, just a fun environment. I'm glad that came off. Because I aspire for that, and mm-hmm. I always want it to feel that way. Like, but you know, it's one of those things where you leave your baggage at the door. Right. Exactly. And right? and what's nice is too, before you finish your show, you acknowledge all the hard work. I mean, you yeah. have that line that says like, "The biggest illusion is that this is a one man show," but all these people are involved. In mm-hmm, fact, mm-hmm. you know, not just the the backstage crew or the people doing the lights and sounds. Like the ushers too. With, some of them sitting in the audience, I saw how hard these ushers have to work. Right, making right. sure they're shutting down camera usage. Especially now, you got masks. Yeah. you got all these different <laughs> yeah, things yeah. going on. Right? Exactly. So it's like, but they're all part of the Matt Franco theater experience, right. and they're all working hard. And mm-hmm. it's great that you acknowledge that everyone plays their part to put. I'm the so show appreciative, together. man. Yeah. I'm so appreciative. It's just like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what it like. W- was it interesting? Because uh, I have no idea what the debriefing looks like to a fl- like. Uh, uh, is someone just well, like it's just watching. so casual like it just happens all the time and i i love giving notes and you mm-hmm. always ask me for notes and i sure. give you small little things too but it's it's nice to have that all right here's the things that you know kind of messed up just a tiny bit or weren't exactly perfect and or, we're gonna fix this for next time or yeah like more just things you notice more often than not it's changes right so right. it's like oh no this wasn't it's not like oh you did this yeah, wrong right, right right it's like here's what we were doing let's try this tomorrow yeah, yeah more yeah, often yeah. than not yeah. because we're we're dialed in right and exactly. everyone does such a good job but like sometimes it's like I, I always try to clarify that too. Right. Yeah. 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 I was like, oh, by the way, no, you did it right. right. I just want to try it this way now. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's an important <laughs> yeah. yeah distinction. 
and, I, and it's fun too to just be like, oh, that that volunteer was a little crazy tonight or whatever. Right. And just to find those little variances because you're doing the show night after night, mm-hmm. which is so amazing. That's one of the things, you know, uh, with, with the other shows that I've seen too, is you really get to hone things in because as soon as something comes into your mind about the show, you get to do it again the next night. And yeah. that consistency of doing it after one after another, you can make those minor tweaks night to night, and eventually everything gets polished yeah. super fast. No, we, we really do have a, a stellar team. I mean, you know Vinny. Yep. He's mm-hmm. been in magic for so long, and he's sort of backstage magic tech that yeah. just uh, fires on all cylinders, man. He's <laughs> really got it down. And is hysterical. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, We've got a, a bunch of new faces that are just doing an amazing job. Um, one of the more difficult tracks in the show, which you mentioned Ted already, yeah, and you saw someone else doing it. Well, that's what I wanted to bring up too. For th- I want to give a peek behind the curtain mm-hmm. is like a lot of these assistants and stagehands and crew members have their own track of specific jobs they need to do, mm-hmm. but they also have subs and you mix it up so everyone learns everyone's track. If something happens to someone, someone needs to take time off, they're, you're still able to do the show yeah. with someone else. Not everyone place. learns yeah. everyone's, but right. yeah, it's good to, to have a little bit of flexibility mm-hmm. for those emergencies. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there. I just can't speak more highly of uh, everyone involved and it's just... Uh, it's it's really cool. Yeah. It's really cool, and I'm and I'm and I'm thankful for it. But um, and you had different people calling the show, like the you know, as your stage manager doing the cues from the booth and everything like that, and yeah. seeing that and how consistent and you know they're waiting for certain lines for you to say to hit the scene changes and all this stuff. It's like you don't think about that when you're sitting there watching and enjoying a single performer, but right. there's so much that goes into theater tech that you know make things possible. And, and you know as well as anybody. One one of the reasons we videotape our shows, right? Uh, for example, like if you something great happens or you said something mm-hmm. and you want to remember it, guess who's not going to remember it? Anybody. Yeah. yeah right. Exactly. So like that's one of the reasons you go back and mm-hmm. look at the tape. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do that too. But like I have the benefit of being able to actually communicate it right to someone on the team uh, yeah. during the show at times. That way I don't forget it because right. if I don't remember, right. you know, it'll, yeah. it'll escape me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they're really good at uh, sort of taking those things into consideration. So you're right. That also helps with the honing process. Yeah. It expedites yeah. everything. Right. Because it's like, all right, now at the next show, we'll try this. Right. But yeah, mm-hmm. it really is mm-hmm. polishing. Right. It is. It's one little bit at a time and getting yeah. it really, really good. Smooth, so. There's really no point of diminishing returns for me. No, no. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I still continue to learn things. Yeah, yeah. Regularly. And you said that even last week, you know, last week's podcast, mm. of like, you always want to feel like you're a student and you, you're like, I want notes. You want things to be, and even things that I'm like, oh, this is a small thing. It's not going to change much. Everything's great as well. But like, here's a note. And you're like, great. I'd rather know that and maybe play around with that. Right. To, to see if that will actually improve it or if we try it a few times. If it doesn't, we'll go back to the way we're doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. So you, you really, it's almost like you have an element to have these small the, uh, uh, sandbox again for the whole show as well from night to night. Well, most people don't know a stage manager really controls the flow a lot yeah. of times, right? Because they're calling the cues for lighting, sound. We have automation, it's called, that mm-hmm. have like, you know, things that sort of move robotically set pieces. And Matt Green... We have Lulu as well. Both do like such an outstanding job. They both had been calling the show pre-pandemic as well. Right, right. And they're just so polished and good at it. It's unbelievable their timing. It's just, it's like, if you don't have that, it's like trying to play bass when your drummer can't keep time. Right, yeah, that's true. 
That's true. And, That's a good uh, analogy. Yeah, so I'm so thankful for for them. But yeah, stage managers do do a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is a jam-packed episode. I feel like we're, you know, I'm still decompressing all the stuff I did this week, and I'm sure we'll talk more about it, you know, on next week's episode. But we should start to wrap up here, Matt. Let's get to um, let's get to some goals. I think last last time you said you're gonna work on the ever-ending office <laughs> that we're still recording in. It's how bad is it? It's not that bad. It's Honestly, bad. this is not like an eight out of ten for you for a mess. No, I've what seen did you worse. Uh, yeah, I've seen worse, but what do you give it? Oh, five or six. Just a five or six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, you got you got a standard there. Um, all right, all right. Trivia book, how you doing with that? Trivia book, I got to do. Okay. I haven't done that. Magic for TV, your uh, little thing coming up for yeah. that? Yeah, so I have a flying out, hopefully making a flight mm-hmm. tonight after mm-hmm. the show. Uh, you got to rush out, yeah. Yeah, like really rush. Uh, yeah, go to L.A. tomorrow, going to do a TV appearance there. Um as well as a podcast, I can't mm-hmm. mention yet either one. I guess we'll, we'll get to those eventually when everything comes out. Yeah, and then another TV thing Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm working on because I'm going to do you know some interviews and some some magic. So I got to f- make sure I'm all buttoned up on uh, the performances. And I think once I'm done with those three things, we we mentioned doing the corporate as well. Yeah, they had the custom material that exactly. you helped me with. which yeah. thank you, thank you. Yeah. Uh, October will kind of feel like okay, I can breathe now. I've been waiting for go. waiting to get through October. Nice. So I still maintain. All right, once we get through Thursday, Friday, I don't know when the end of the month is, but it's right. coming up. Yeah. Then we'll, uh, you know, we'll get it sorted. Amazing. So. Yeah. Yeah, and it was fun working on the corporate. Like uh, again, doing more of a mentalism piece that mm-hmm. you had customized for this uh, appearance, and it went well. I'm it happy. really did. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we made a little adjustments, and hopefully that you know helped make things even smoother and everything. No, like no, that. man, your your advice was uh, really uh, invaluable. Oh, good. Yeah, <laughs> good, good, no, good. you yeah. really stepped it up to a whole nother level. Oh, good, good, yeah, good. So yeah. I appreciate I'm your happy help with that. that. Went. Yep. My goals were easy, man. It was to enjoy Vegas, and I. How did I, you do? I think this podcast is a testament that I enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but again, to take those shows and to again figure out what worked well, what didn't, and see how I can, you know, again not copy things I liked, but to see how that can inspire and take elements and change it and to fit me. I haven't really processed it all, so that's something I'm going to continue for my goals this week is to like really think back at the shows of what I liked best about a lot of them. And I mean, just one thing I can think of off the top is like. Every show I had had amazing production value. And since I do a lot of traveling, I haven't really thought about that because I just want things to be as easy as possible. But, you know, when I have some of these larger opportunities to do that, I might maybe I'll throw more video into the show or have, you know, some more technical element as well to just kind of, you know, make things play bigger. It just uh, fills the theater, you know? Yeah, you'd be surprised how uh, far simple production elements can go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it doesn't always take a, a an army or a, a all this crazy equipment to create some really cool theatrical effects, too. Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully some of that inspired you that you saw this week, too. So I've got a, a sh- another um, booking conference coming up. So my goal is to focus on that and to, you know, decompress from all these shows that I saw. Mm hmm. Uh, decompress. Let's let's, uh, let's get to plugs. We've talked about your show a lot. Uh, can people come and see your show, Matt? Yeah, I hope you do. We're reopened <laughs> over at the Link Hotel and Experience. If you have been listening to this podcast, I don't think I even need to do a plug here. No. The guy saw it two and a half times, folks. <laughs> All right. Cirque once. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Come see something a little different, you know? Yeah. So uh, you could get tickets at Ticketmaster yeah. for your website. Ticketmaster.com. Uh, I've got some shows coming up in November. You can see me live at Keller's Magic Theater in Erie, Pennsylvania, the uh, the 11th. Uh, no, um, 11 is the month. November 19th uh, to the 21st. You can check out tickets. Uh, we'll put a link in the podcast. And uh, follow us on social media, Mind Magic Pod, and visit uh, our website. Wow. Oh, I want to do this. I really mm-hmm. would love to plaster a cl- across the front of the website. Like, this website was created by. Yes. I think that would be so cool. And uh, so I still got to get in touch. Right on the front there. Yeah, Alex. I got to get in touch with Alex, too. Again, but, it's been a crazy week, so forgive me, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get to you. Uh, but yeah, uh, at mindovermagicpodcast.com. Yeah. We'll get a banner on there, right? Is it created by loyal listener Alex? I well, like it. You know, I think yeah. that would be so cool. And, that would and be then cool. it's a nice shout out and thank you to him, too, for yeah. doing such a good job. And we'll it. put a, our email there. You can find us mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. So that you can, you know, touch base. And, and, and when people do come see you, they, they actually get to see some of the stuff you did on television. Yes, absolutely. And new stuff. And, and a lot of new stuff. Like your yeah. blindfold, your duct tape. You actually do that in your live performances. It's not just a camera trick. Yeah. Just cor- asking. Correct. Yeah. I'm just making sure. See, imagine, <laughs> if, imagine if I just found out now it was a camera trick. <laughs> <laughs> How could that even be a camera trick? That makes no, no sense. No, no, But anyway, people can actually see that stuff. People think I use cameras, which I don't. Oh, you to know? see the drawings? Yeah. Or yeah, like, you yeah, know, yeah. Or like whenever I, you know, someone draws something or whatever, they think, you know, I... I even have to say in my show, like, look up, make sure there's no cameras mounted that I got here early. It's like, no. But even if there was a camera, how would you see the feed? Exactly. Your it's eyes are literally duct taped. It's that thing. I mean, we can do it a whole other. We've talked about it in the past, but like, it's, it's, as long as any explanation th- makes sense to some people, mm. they're going to not think too far into it. But then when you push, it's like, no, if you were really thinking that, then how would this happen? How would this happen? Right, right. Yeah, it's that. It's hard to close all those doors. Yeah, for some people. So, uh, but anyway, you can see me live and, uh, uh, you'll you'll see some of the stuff I did on television, I guess, uh, at Keller's. Or check me out on my website, ericdittleman.com. Uh, but Matt, this was jam-packed. It's a jam-packed week. It's a jam-packed episode. We'll have another one for you next week. Mind over magic. Thank you so much for listening. Live your life for the podcast. Not lice, life. Live the life for the cast. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Thank we'll talk you. to you next week. Bye.